Live from the fish tank, it is your host Ronnie with another episode of the DSAC Fantasy Podcast. We've got a long one for you today, as you can already tell by the the length that will be mentioned on the episode description when you look at it. So you don't need to tell me, you don't need me to tell you. It'll be a long one, but I have spent like 10 seconds explaining that anyways. Uh, we got Ping on today. A uh, good conversation, a lot to talk about between baseball and football. And unbeknownst to me, he went ahead and solicited questions from you guys. I didn't really know that until, you know, shortly before we decided to record. So, even more content in that regard. So, let's get right into it. All right, we welcome on now our resident baseball prospect analyst, although not for baseball prospect analysis today. Uh, welcome on, Ping. Hey, Ronnie, how's it going? Not too bad. Always, always good to have a guest on, so doing pretty good. Yeah, man, I'm happy to be here. It's been a while. Yeah, that's why, partly why I reached out to get some uh, fresh voices, so to speak, on the, on the pod again. Yeah, I was just going to ask you how it felt to drop from second to fifth. Ooh, that, that's got to sting. I mean, if you look at the standings, though, I am ahead of uh, Alex and Chris, so... I'm content. I just, I mean, if you've looked at the, uh, the chat any time over the past two months, basically, it's just been like so much about being in second place and better than everybody else. It's just, man. Well, we'll see. I'm only a game and a half back. So in uh, second and fourth place play each other this week. So that could give me an opportunity here. That's true. But I also, uh, who do I have? Is it, I got Nathan this week, so. I yeah, got in the middle of the road team. There's, it's been surprising. Like, it seems like everybody's fairly even, minus Josh and um, Tom. And, yeah, Keith. Uh, Keith, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Uh, Keith has attempted to tank. Tom is just the lifestyle of tanking. Yeah. Not really trying to, but it just kind of comes naturally. I wonder if his friends are setting up his lineup. <laughs> probably would probably would be doing better if that was the case. Yeah, you're right. Well, uh, <clears throat> anyways, now that you've uh, gotten your one of many shots, I'm sure, from the questions you'll have later on, but one <laughs> of your own personal shots out of the way at me, despite the fact you're only uh, one game up on me. Uh, you are here to talk about your own team, so let's we can get into that here, and we'll get back to me, I'm sure, at some point. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about my team. Um, you know, coming into the season, I made a couple blockbuster trades. I got rid of two Cy Young winners and Robbie Ray and um, Shane Bieber, and <clears throat> for oh, I also got rid of Plesak. For was getting um, paid like a Cy Young winner. <laughs> Yeah, getting paid like those other guys and uh, got rid of them for Montas and um, J-Rod. And honestly, it's worked out at least as well as I thought it would, would go, but maybe a little bit better. I mean, Montas is ranked higher than both of those um, Cy Young winners right now. So, I mean, can't really ask for more there. Um, get rid of that police that contract was also one of the big things there. So I've got this cap flexibility now and, um, and J-Rod's, like, you know, I've been flirting with calling him up. I'm not going to lie. If, you know, I make a postseason run and he needs to be there, he'll be there. But 
Um, as of now, it's going to stay down while I can keep afloat. I mean, to be in third this far in and have no at-bats from Fernando and like maybe 25 at-bats from Mitch Haniger, you know, it's been pretty good. You know, <laughs> Segura's gone on the DL for at least two months. I mean, it's just been the bats that I need to be there have just not been there. But it's been good so far. Yeah, and that, that pitching overhaul, as you said, that has kind of been one of the, the key reasons for uh, where you are. I believe when I did the roto table, weren't you more uh, pitching heavy? I can scroll back up and look at the screenshots again, but I think it was pitching doing some of the heavy lifting there. Yeah, I think I was like maybe fourth on the pitching. Third, it was either fourth or fifth, but third, I was like fifth. Yeah. Third pitching and uh, fifth and hitting. Okay. Yeah, I knew I was like top third in both, but I was kind of shocked how well I was doing at pitching, even with, you know, getting rid of those two guys. Well, I mean, getting rid of Robbie Ray seems like it was a pretty good idea. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I've been that guy in another league for a long time, and it seems like every couple of years he has this year where you're like, is he taking that step? You know, you had that ace conversation the other day. That was really good. You had it with yourself, but here I will talk a little bit to that. And I think, I think you summed it up pretty nicely, but Robbie Ray, you think if he were to have some of his best years back to back, he'd be flirting with that conversation of being in that ace category, but he's just not consistent enough to be relied upon and be put in that ace category. Yeah, that's, Pretty spot on. I mean, I, I think when we did our little awards talk, I think we were, when we were, you know, us uh, amateur, you know, analysts over here, we're looking at right. some of the uh, some of the numbers. There were at least a few things to uh, to like eh, that might not be very sustainable in the future. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it seems like his strand rate is always better than what you would think a, a pitcher would have, and then even an elite pitcher, and then you. You've got the teams where he'll get just as many walks as strikeouts, and that's always concerning. And <clears throat> you know, I don't know, man. It's just something about being a left-handed pitcher. It's like you got to do a lot. Like you got to be Kershaw to be an ace, just with so much, so many right-handed thumpers out there. And I don't know. It's just to me, it's it's a little bit harder to overcome whenever you're lefty. Or just Tarek Skubal, apparently. Oh yeah, my guy. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm not gonna get ahead of myself too far there. I've I've set pretty pretty strong criteria and when I talk about aces and he has got a, a, at least another two years or so before you can really like truly think about it. But he has had a really good year though. Yeah, and, and then I've got that other trade. You know, I traded um, Mookie for Tiscar and um, a handful of prospects. I got DL Hall, George. Uh, Valeria and Ezekiel Tobar and Neovair Aguero from Pirates. And, you know, Tobar is, you know, I've seen a lot of conversation about him being a top 25 guy at the midway point. That's way exceeded my expectations. I was thinking, you know, oh, it's a shortstop in Cleveland and uh, Colorado. Just kind of like he had good speed and a little bit of power, but he's just killing it right now in double A and he's 20. So, he can make it up in a year and a half. That'd be great. And, you know, if he sticks in Colorado, then there's there's a lot of uh, promise there. I mean, and for all the things you can say about the Rockies and their recent history, I, I feel like their development of shortstops has been one of the things you can't really criticize. I mean, they've essentially gone from Tulowitzki to Story, and then if Tovar is even like 
two thirds as good as Sherry Story, that's still another great player. Yeah, I mean, you got that Rogers blip in there, and the jury's still out on that. So I guess you can't say they're 100%, but they're definitely better than average in spotting shortstop uh, talent. I mean, just to be able to manufacture a shortstop without having to go pay one is, is a huge win, in my opinion. Oh, for sure. Uh, and then admittedly, one of the questions I did have for you from a, a listener was, what are your early returns on the uh, the Mookie for Teoscar trade? Conveniently leaving out the other the other parts. but Yeah, I mean, early on, uh, it's it's been like a roller coaster, right? Like, you know, week one, week into week two, um, Hernandez was playing a lot better than Mookie. And honestly, you know, with Mookie's hip injury, I was like, okay, well, there's going to be a loss of speed here. Maybe a little bit of power will uh, not as translate as well. But the past month has been the opposite of that. It's like he just – I really wish they'd test his pee or something because this, <laughs> shit, this shit ain't real. Like, he, he's turning back the clock to, to like, heyday Boston days already. And, I mean, what is he, like, first in the NL and home runs? <laughs> it's uh, – it's been sad to see with Tiscar just um, barely hitting any home runs. And he, uh, what did he do? He, yeah, he uh, trained in oblique and was on the DL for like a month and a half. And since he came back, he's done nothing. Last week was good, but um, before that, it was just, I think he was batting like 150. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but like I said, the prospects looking great. Um, Tovar, you know, if I just got Tovar and that, it'd probably be a, at least a decent trade if, if Tovar, you know, ends up being a top 50 guy. But Valeria is a, a thumper and, you know, Cleveland, they'll, they'll keep a prospect down a little bit too long. But I think he'll be one of the ones that pushes for time early. D.L. Hall's been, you know, not great, but better than um, – I would have expected in, in the minors. And I think last game he pitched, he was like five innings, nine Ks and two walks. He's one of the guys that's like, is the control going to be an issue kind of thing? And it seems like mm-hmm. he's kind of reined it in this year. So um, the prospects I'm, I'm really happy with, you know, just as well as anybody that Spencer um, depleted that whole system as best he could. So um, getting people that I think will come up and, and be able to play is, is really good. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about it before, but like his trade for Altuve was literally like, here's anything that's not nailed down that isn't in my lineup right now for whoever had Altuve. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think all the picks he had, and yeah, I mean, it's just everything they could have wanted. Yeah, and I will say one last thing on Mookie here. You probably, I, I didn't really think about this either, but you shouldn't have discounted the whole even year Mookie thing because if you go back, his career started in 2014, an even year. His OPS went down in the odd year, up, down, up, down, up, down, up again. Like quite literally every single odd year, his OPS plus is worse than the even year before it. Well, yeah, I guess the hip injury may be um, really just more concerned than blind luck, Ron. Oh. Yeah, I, I, I'm. in fact, I'm pretty sure I, I Mike might be able to find this, but I'm pretty sure I had sent him at least on one occasion messaging, hey, are you worried about Mookie going forward? Because I am. You motherfucker, you're the one that reversed the jinx on this. No, he. it wasn't instantaneous. He was still pretty bad for a little while after I would have said that. Okay. But, 
I do remember you actually like sharing that message in the, in the group chat, actually. Oh, oh no, I, th I think it was instantaneous because I'm pretty sure he had like a two homer game <laughs> like the next yeah, day or yeah, something. Yeah, like the same day. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it wasn't. Fuck you. Yeah, well, sorry. It's my bad. I, I, I have a talent for that, apparently. Yeah, could you talk shit on some of my players right now, please? I mean, I was trying to do it. I was trying to set it up so I could like get like draft picks from people who were like desperate for me to get their guys going. And I I I think Joey Gallo was the only one like I, I took a request on and well that didn't really work out. Yeah. Yeah, Joey Gallo is I think I'd rather have a six round draft pick than, than have Joey Gallo right now. Yeah. If anything, I think the Phillies should uh take Gallo and whatever they want from the Yankees prospect system for Bryce Harper. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that'd be a great deal, especially if Judge is like, "Fuck you guys, I'm not, I'm walking now that you didn't pay me." Yeah, or if you want to convince him to stay. Yeah, I just I just meant more from a Joey. Hey, Joey Gallo fits. He's he's a good defensive corner outfielder. That's what they need. You know, kind of very tongue in cheek about the whole value of the two guys. I don't I don't want people to think I'm being serious here, unless unless like the whole whatever you want from the Yankees farm system includes like all of like uh, Jason and Volpe. And uh, Barraza, yeah, yeah. Then, then maybe you could get there, but I, I, I'm not like being completely serious here. Yeah, I think uh, Dombrowski's like never done anything like that in his life, so it's probably a stretch. Because uh, um, you know, living in Michigan, I'm a, I'm a bit more familiar with the Tigers than I would be any other team. I'm not a fan of, and like the only time he really like traded away somebody would have been Prince Fielder, I think. Yeah, that's because his neck was broken. Yeah, because like Scherzer walked. Um, I did no Scherzer got traded, didn't he, to the Astros? I mean, from the from the Tigers to the Astros, it was like his yeah. walk year, but they traded him. Well, I mean, they did trade David Price, right? Because they got uh, Daniel Norris and um, oh god, who was the other guy they got for David Price? But I remember they got like a couple decent pitching prospects from the Blue Jays who've never panned out. Yeah. But, but yeah, Verlander definitely. I think he was traded at the oh, extended deadline. Yeah. Yeah. He he was a, a, a waiver trade, but it was <clears throat> like a very underwhelming deal because he was like battling injury or something still, I believe. Yeah, and it was a walk here too, or something like yeah. that. So like, okay, so he didn't actually. So Scherzer did walk on his own. That was not a trade. No. Okay, I'm thinking of Verlander. Yeah, I, I'll look up that Verlander trade here if you want to like find someone else on your team you wanted to, to mention real quick. Yeah, um, you know Machado's actually been doing a lot of the heavy lifting for the average for me, and uh, I've been pleasantly surprised with Ian Happ. Actually, I mean, is he performing to his contract? No, but I think he's like a top, you know, thirty outfielder, so that's good. Miles Straw, he uh, had like four steals week one and. Um, I think he's had maybe three cents, two maybe. Um, been a little underwhelming, but with uh, J-Ram hitting behind him, he's going to score a shit ton of runs, and he has done that. So it's like every time he gets on base, that motherfucker knocks him in, and I'm very happy he's on that team. Um, and Tommy Edmonds, like, oh, God. Like, he, he's hitting homers and stealing bases and hitting for a decent average. I mean, this guy is He's on pace for a career year. I think he might be like an all-star consideration guy at the 
at the break if he keeps going at the pace he is. Um, oh, and uh, Jose Barrios, man, what a fucking roller coaster that guy is. I know you were talking crap about his like his first inning, and then like he ended up turning in his best start of the whole year. Yeah, like seven innings, eleven Ks, but with two runs allowed, but he gave up a two-run home run and like his fourth batter faced. <laughs> But that's been the way it's been, right? So, like, every first inning, it's like he's going to give up runs. It just really matters what happens next. Yeah, and I know I sent you uh, a picture I saw of his baseball stuff on page, and it was, like, all blue. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was not pretty. I mean, that's just been the case for him. Chris Bass has been a little up and down. Um, He had some really quality starts, but he just hasn't gone, like, wow, you know. Um, And Bavetta's actually been – way better than I thought he would have been. Um, like, first month, he was trash. Like, you know, he's only $2 million salary for me this year, so I've been like, okay, maybe I'll drop him. But I think he's had, like, four or five straight quality starts. Yeah. And then since um, you mentioned Edmund, I, I would like to point out that he has the same amount of home runs and steals while having a, a pretty similar uh, batting average to uh, Harrison Bader. You know. Yeah, but Tommy Edmund is – Tommy Towers is not – supposed to be what Harrison Bader is so I know I I just couldn't let a I couldn't pass up the opportunity to not uh extol the virtues of my uh long-haired blonde center fielder who's actually doing better than I hoped (laughs) (laughs) I was gonna say you need to save that for your uh, personal time Ronnie you probably uh probably talk about Harrison Bader to yourself more than than you should I mean I I would say that but there's probably more players on my team beside him that, that get that treatment anyways. So I don't, so uh, the listeners here who were actually waiting for me to say this. So Verlander was traded along with a player to be named later, who I don't know if he ever even made it uh, for Daz Cameron and Jake Rogers. So the Tigers did get two major leaguers out of it, but that's about all. Gotcha. So, yeah, that was definitely not dealing from a position of strength because that was 2017 and Verlander in 2017. Scroll back to the top. He had like a, a 336 ERA. Uh, the whip was 1.18. So it was not – it wasn't great, but it wasn't like awful either. But he was also like 34 years old. Yeah. Like, oh, so I'm sorry. That, that, that was his total line. He actually had a, a 382 ERA. And a 128 whip for Detroit, and then he just turned into an ace for the for the Astros for five starts. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure his postseason record was just as good. Yeah, probably. I mean, he's been you know next level ever since then. Strikeouts yeah. quite aren't quite there anymore on the at, the, at least on the same same amount or same yeah. rate. But. Yeah, but that's that's my baseball team. I'm pretty happy with it. You know, I've got some guys that I'm targeting for the draft because you know I only have late round picks, but um, nothing's gonna be like game changing for me there. Um, I uh, very envious of you guys that have picks. Well, I yeah, I've since traded out of both first round picks that I had, so I'm I still have a couple seconds, I think, but I'm I'm in a way a little bit there with you now. I don't know, man. If I had one second round pick, I'd be fucking thrilled. But <laughs> that's good. And, and you know, the next three years. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Let's see. 
I mean, yeah, that pretty much is everybody on there. I mean, do you want to talk about the, David Bednar and his his snub for not making the relief pitcher of the week at, at all these last few weeks? I almost purposely didn't talk talk about him because I don't want to bring attention to that any more than it is because this motherfucker's been gold. He's been like the free agent pickup for me that was better than anybody, really. I mean, he's a top. I, I just feel like he's going to be a deadline guy that is traded to a team that contends, and that might fuck him. Um, so I'm hoping he just keeps going, but it might give him more opportunities, you know, because like right now he's like sometimes he's pitching two innings in an outing because that's how how rare it is for him to pitch. Yeah, and in a situation where the Pirates are winning. Yeah, and you know because I have you on, I actually want to make this point here, so you and I can like collectively celebrate here, and that uh, you and I both have uh, collectively the top four relief pitchers by the player writer. Holmes and AJ Minter. And Minter. Wow. And I didn't then, realize Minter was doing that well. Uh, me neither until recently, to be honest, but I, he hasn't allowed a run for me yet. He's allowed runs, but not when he was on my team. He's gotcha. quietly been pretty good because he's not a closer or anything, so he's not. He's just getting all holds. But. Oh, and the last guy I guess I'll mention is Atlas Garcia. He's I got him at 500K in the free agency, and that guy is like, I'm either going to strike out or hit it to fucking Beijing. And he, he's been like two, 230 with 10 homers and six steals. I mean, this guy, he's he's the definition of a boomer bus guy. Oh, yeah. And and he was one of the guys you signed, I think, when you and I spent like a half hour, like just kind of ping-ponging. Back, back uh, yeah. yeah. Just the name, I was like, all right, I'll drop this motherfucker if he doesn't do half of what he did last year. Yeah, I was I was debating him. I'm like, you know, I think I like uh, Tommy Pham's outlook a little more. That slapped you right in the face, huh? Yeah, a little bit. Just <laughs> a little bit. Man, that story just keeps getting better and better. God, that's so wild. I, I it, it got to a point, you know, when, when he first got stabbed a couple of years ago, I was like, holy shit, what did he do to get stabbed? And then now it's like, how has he only been stabbed twice? <laughs> yeah, this guy, he's just asking for it everywhere he goes. I mean, I just, I don't find any logic in his arguments half the time. I'm just like, what the fuck is this guy even on a team for? I mean, earlier this year, he tried to fight was it Luke Voigt because of a, a very weird coincidence at the plate and was going off on the Padres. But here he is slapping Tom, or, uh, Jack Peterson because of things he said about the Padres. Like, I, I don't get it. Yeah. It's uh, not a good look if he's trying to get a contract, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, eventually he's going to – I mean, he's played for a lot of different teams, and nobody seems to want to keep him around for more than a year or two. Yeah, days are numbered. You do have uh, football. I think you're probably the most intriguing person to talk football with here before the season even starts because uh, our league had a rookie draft uh, a couple months ago, or about a month ago now, and you were about the only person who really did anything in it. Because you had like half the picks. Yeah, I had almost half the picks. What did I have? One, two, three, three first round picks. 
second round picks. And I had five picks that I made in the third round, but I traded some. Four. Yeah, I traded three of them. So, I mean, yeah, it was overwhelming, honestly, having to do all that research just to find motherfuckers in the later rounds. I was like, I don't even know if I want to make these picks, but yeah, here I am. Yeah, that, that's, so, that's mainly why I uh, foolishly paid way too much probably in the cap space for a fourth round pick from you. Was just because uh, I figured you had, there's no way you could even fit them on your team. Yeah, that's why I was making trades trades in the last day. It's just like I, I'm not gonna call up this many people yet. So, and I'm on the I'm on the edge, right? Like I'm probably gonna be more, like borderline, middle of the road, maybe maybe slightly under 500 if if I overperform. So I guess it depends uh, on who you call up, but it looks like you've called up a few guys. Right, right. I'm just saying, like if I were to try to contend, I feel like I would still only be like close to 500. Um, so it's like. I didn't want to call up with so many people and I'd rather just move that draft capital into next year when I could. I mean, it's not like I'm trading for a first round pick. So I'll just, you know, just made some deals for thirds and other years. Yeah. Uh, how, how far over the, uh, the, uh, the limit are you or have you rectified that yet? I, that's why I've called people up. I rectified it in real time. So Oh, so you have, um, oh, you're exactly maxed out. You're no longer over? Correct, correct. Oh, I I feel like I don't remember, like, seeing trades happen. Well, some people got cut. Oh, I guess I didn't see you, you know, making cuts either. Never mind. Yeah, I didn't really announce them because I was just doing them late one night whenever um, Chris was like, hey, I'm going to update all these things for the roster. So I just sent him those those cuts call-ups yeah. it was so many i was like i'm not gonna announce all this shit and correct me for my were you the person who had Keyshawn vaughn yes yeah that's uh, that would have been a, a pretty hefty salary if you uh <laughs> hadn't cut him that's that's the main i mean i was thinking i was like if this guy was on a one million dollar salary i would call him up but not worth it yeah because yeah, I, I almost recently here sent you a message about dubs, but I guess you, if you've already, you know, got down to fifteen, you don't have any in, uh, extra incentive to move guys yet. So. Well, I, Ronnie, you got to think about next year. I've, I've got incentive. I've got incentive to move guys because okay. I can't make it big next year. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Let's look at the let's look at that tab here. Uh, you are four, five, six, seven, eight. Sitting on only eight picks this time. Only eight. Wow. So, so it yeah. could be worse. Yeah, so there you go. I've got to make call-ups this year just to even draft one guy. So, I mean, yeah, I haven't sent him to move literally anybody on my team. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I, to say that I was unhappy about the draft was is a stretch. But to say that there was like, oh, man, I should, probably should have got that guy instead, you know, because I had so many picks. I just kind of had a strategy and I stuck to it, like, Picked, I picked two, um, the two guys that I thought long-term would be the best in fantasy. Maybe not next year, maybe not the year after that, but just long-term. I wanted Malik Willis regardless, um, and I had the second pick to start. So I wanted to make sure that I was going to get him. 
So I traded with, I think it was, yeah, it was Nate who had the first pick. I traded Waddle for the first pick and a second round pick in, uh, from your second round pick. I forget what year it is. But, um, yeah, I made that trade. I thought that was good value to get for Waddle. I mean, Waddle was great last year, probably the best rookie wide receiver. Um, you sure about that? Yeah, I mean, who is uh, Jamar Chase? <laughs> there we go. I'm just trying to talk up my guys. Oh, hey, I don't know. I don't know if you know anything about that, but that's what some people do. Yeah. I mean, I I think I've been known to like engage in that, on, you know, like once every like couple of years or so. Yeah, I was thinking hour, but same tomato tomato. <laughs> um, yeah, so I wanted I wanted Malik Willis, and I went and got him, and then I got Pickett because Pickett will start this year, and if if I do have a chance to contend and he's any good, I can just call him. Um, and then I wanted I wanted one of the um, running backs that were taken at three and four and Brees Hall and, and Walker, but I was really happy to get uh, Traylon Burks. Hopefully he gets a inhaler by that by that time, so make it through one whole practice without fucking having a heart attack. <laughs> yeah, no um, kidding. And Jameson Williams, uh, he was more of a strategy pick. I think he's not going to play much this year, so I'm going to call him up. And then extend them for uh, 25 years or whatever, whenever that happens. So yeah, he actually might get some good run if he's healthy. I mean, if you look at that Lions pass catching group, I mean, who who really there has has more pedigree than him? Yeah, I mean, that being said, even if he's really good for you know half a year, will that be enough to get him to where it's an expensive contract? And I just don't think it will. Yeah, but so, I mean, I don't know. He might be good to go here within the first couple of weeks. So, is that bad talk about that? Or I heard like, he was going to be out for a month. So, oh, like yeah. that was that was like the timeline that that I heard. But that was okay. months ago that I heard that. So, yeah, and it I, I, I would assume you know your own players better than I know your players. So, I'll I'll default to you on that. Um, <laughs> well, it, I mean, again, it could have changed, but I, yeah. I'm just saying that's what I heard when I drafted him. So. Um, and we did have this question, but you kind of answered it. it. Was will uh, either Willis or Pickett get called up? But you talked about Pickett, and then Willis. I mean, I don't know if if that that was kind of contingent on if he's even going to play. So yeah, well, uh, Willis, he could be another strategy call up. Like you know, let's say Tannehill shit, and he's going to be you know on the move next year. I might call him up at the end of the season and uh, extend him. So. It's one of those things. Oh yeah, because uh, you had such limited options with your your, your contract lengths that uh, you gave Willis one. You're partly out of strategy, but also partly because you only had like you know so many multi-year deals you could give out. Right. Yeah. And you know, if he doesn't play this year and he's not going to play next year, I could save that five-year extension for next year to give to him too. So um, it's just one of those things. I don't have many players on my starting rosters. On my, um, I guess. NFL lineup to extend that long. So I'm thinking more about these guys than anything, really. Yeah. And then I guess while we're here, before I forget, because I don't want to forget to post in the chat, uh, Chris, if you're listening, I do think a couple of guys on Ping's practice squad are miscolored because weren't Brian Robinson and Damian Pierce picked this year? Yeah. Okay. And Chris has them both as, as reds. So I will okay. just. But using the podcast here to, to let Chris know before I forget that he should probably 
look into that and make sure they're properly coded. So by the, when the season ends, we don't have to accidentally think that Ping has to make decisions on them right away. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, in the second round, I was really, really happy to get James Cook and Sky Moore. Like those guys, I was James Cook specifically. I was thinking would go at the end of the first, but I was also hoping to get back around. I was hoping to go three for three on the um, first three quarterbacks um, taken off the board. But yeah, and I was a little surprised there that. Uh... Cook was not the third third running back off the board, probably, but yeah, yeah. I mean, in Buffalo, you know, there's there's a lot of question marks running back. To, in my opinion, I don't think anyone's going to be a world beater. <laughs> so yeah, I think Cook's more of a passing game threat, and he can he can be a three down back, right? So anybody like that with Josh Allen, you're hoping will get you a lot of fantasy points. So. Yeah. Don't talk too badly about the Buffalo backfield because Chris has apparently hooked, his, hitched his wagon rather to that backfield with uh, Moss and Singletary. So. Well, you know, it is what it is. I, I like Zach Moss coming out. I thought he was going to be great, but he just can't stay healthy long enough to be like super relevant, in my opinion. So um, when there's health as a question mark in a running back's position, it's never a good thing. Yeah. And uh, then you got Scott Moore. I mean, shit. Uh, Kansas City lost all their wide receivers minus uh, Hartman, so there's room there. And uh, Scott Moore could be that guy. Who knows if Hartman takes a step? Because I mean, Hartman's always been like in fantasy, you're like, oh shit, I'm gonna get Hartman because he's gonna throw to somebody else other than Kelsey and and Hill. But he's just never been what anybody wanted him to be in that position. It's almost like um, what's his name? Uh, Clyde Zimmer to layer. You know, you want him to be better, but he's never been that top guy that you really wanted to be. So maybe um, Scott Moore will end up taking over Hartman's role where he'll be just a letdown. I don't know. But um, I had to take that chance with so many picks. So, um, and then Damian Pierce, you know, there wasn't many running backs left. So I took one that I thought might start this year. He might be one of my call ups early on, too. Because my running back core is trash. And, and let's be honest, if you're looking at that Houston backfield, is anybody there like really scare you? Exactly. I think it's like, is Burkhead back there now? Is he like their highest paid running back? Uh, by Sally, probably, but like I like he and Marlon Mack are probably the two names that I expect to like actually get like some level of run. And then Mack obviously yeah. coming off of a torn Achilles, that's usually not conducive for running backs being good again. Yeah, yeah, so um and him being young, they could just throw him out there to get some reps and try to get him for maybe whenever they do compete to get in uh, some more game time experience. So I thought it was kind of a good uh, good early second round pick considering the, the running back pool that was still out there. And there's there were so many receivers in this draft, right? Like the, yeah. the receivers were just – I'd already taken two three receivers. So um, – you know, with scarcity of running back and the question mark every year of who's the number one, I just felt like I had to do take another running back. And that was kind of the theme for a while for me. Um, so Cook, Pierce, um, Wilson, I'd say I took uh, Tyler Algier from Atlanta. So then they, yeah, they cut um, Mike Davis. So, yep. Um, 
you know, if anything happens to Cordell Patterson, he's there. So, um, and then I took uh, Romeo, who could be your Romeo. I mean, maybe. And where art thou? Um, and then I took uh, Green Bay, as it says. <laughs> yes, that's that is where he is. Keontae Ingram, don't know much about him. Running back, Arizona. <laughs> um, Greg Dolchich was a tight end from that Denver took, and you know, them getting rid of Fant, I was like, all right, well, Wilson's there. He's never really had a whole bunch of uh, promise with his tight ends, but you know, this guy's like, you know, late third round pick. Um, so just kind of a a shot in the dark there. I got here for days too. Yeah, he's got a mate. Then I took uh, Michigan legend Hassan Haskins. Yeah. So that wrapped up my my draft. I thought it, I thought it was pretty well overall. I mean, given <clears throat> given all the picks I had, I had to try to formulate some strategy. I, you know, not getting either uh, Ritter or Carroll is kind of uh, kind of upsetting. I was hoping. I would get that on on that uh, first pick I had in the second round, but you know it is what it is. Yeah, and I guess while we're on the the quarterback trend here, how does it feel to leave the draft after taking two quarterbacks and still not taking the single best quarterback available in the draft? Oh, you mean the guy that you took, uh, yep. Bailey Zappi? Uh-huh. If you're talking stats, man, that guy put up some, some stats. I would be. I would be worried if I was a uh, New England backup. That's for sure. I mean that they've already uh, moved Stidham, so yeah, I'm pretty sure Zappy just is the backup now, essentially. Who was their other backup? I thought they had another one. Uh, let me look it up real quick. Yeah, Zappy's moving up the depth charts quicker than I expected. That's for sure. Oh, I guess you got Brian Hoyer there, but I mean, is Brian Hoyer really a backup, or is he just kind of like a? a an extra coach, essentially. I feel like Zappy's going to be your Ellinger. I mean, maybe. He's he's essentially just like small school Mac Jones. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. He's He's got the, uh, the talent. He's got the stats. He's got the golden dick. He's good to go, man. Uh, the, yeah. name's, the name is a... Uh, it's a high-quality name, though. So. Yeah, that is a very good name. Too, and, and sandwiched in this draft by two other really good names, too, and Brock Purdy and Carson Strong. I mean, that's... And you can't, you can't forget Snoop Connor taken right after Carson Strong. Yeah, I mean, I was just thinking of the three quarterbacks who went around there, but yeah. Snoop Connor right there. Uh, the, the, guy that, the guy that Nathan took at the last pick, I won't even attempt to pronounce that. Yeah, yeah. I'm great with names, so I'm not going to... We do have a, a question with related to the draft here. It was, why did you let the Titans' new wide receiver one fall to the third round? <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I was, it was overwhelming to, to um, have to make all these picks. So I'm sure uh, there, there was going to be one that was going to slip, slip by me. Of course, you know, the, a certain – you can probably figure out who sent that question asking, you know, about uh, how – he managed to get a, a Titans wide receiver after you would, you know, take and trade on Burks in the first round. But. 
Yeah. Well, he also mentioned to me that he was thinking of taking um, Traylon, Traylon Burks or Walker there with his pick. And I told him I was going to take whichever one he didn't take. <laughs> yeah, you, should, you guys should have traded or, or you should have just like gave him – you have all these draft picks. You should have tried to find a way to sweeten the pot to move up one, one uh, slot. Well, he's kind of – I mean, his team's clearly better than mine, but it's not much better. Yeah, that's true. So we're going for the same thing. It'd be like that Spider-Man meme. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, also related to your football team here, uh, do you wish you could go back in time and stream a kicker? <laughs> no. It's um, probably the best decision I've ever fucking made, honestly. <laughs> it's right up there with getting engaged. Okay. Uh, are you the better Jared? Of course, I'm the original Jared. That's fair. I mean, you don't really call yourself Jared, but... Yeah, well, I mean, I feel like I don't call myself Ping either, but you guys do. Well, because that's how you, like, introduce yourself, really, more or less. And that's yeah. how you also title title your, your username in the chat. Right, but I've had other names in the chat. Yeah, as, you know, it makes it really hard to tag you on your calling yourself <laughs> someone I don't even know. I can't keep track of them at times. I haven't done that, but, like, twice, so it's not like... But it was really confusing the two times you did it, okay? <laughs> <laughs> took, took me a yeah, second were, to figure it out. You were you were um, hourly frustrated. Well, the one time I changed my name to J Rod, so I guess that's close enough. Uh, yeah. Um, so I mean, that's not far off from from my real name anyway. So yeah, yeah. Fuck you, Rod. All right. Uh, were there anything else you had on on football to to go over here? No, I mean, I'm excited about the next season. You know, I think it's not going to be very good. It's just I'd like to see, you know, whenever you're not going to be a playoff contender or, you know, a championship contender, you're always just excited to see how well your your picks do and, and to see if you were right on any of your lotto calls, you know. So yep. I'm, I'm just excited to see those things. And um, I guess I'm in really interested, all jokes aside, about, Daniel Jones, I know he's not great. I'm interested to see what happens this year. They didn't give him that uh, fifth year, um, but they also didn't really, like, go get anybody to really, like, you know, Baker's out there. I'm not sure he's better, but he's somebody who started a bunch and had more success than than Jones. They didn't go get somebody like him. So they're going to at least – it's a one-year prove-it deal. And, you know, I think – the team got better around them this year, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I don't have high hopes for it, but, you know, at the same time, the start of last year is what, like a QB, like eight or something, like four games in, something like that. So, um, I'm just if he could be a top 15 quarterback or even like the 15th quarterback, I'd be really thoroughly surprised. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess while we're here, I so I've yet to actually do this on the pod, but because I mentioned him, uh, is there a chance you would trade dubes for like future cap space? Well, like looking at my team and your team, uh, 2025 kind of seems like a year where I won't be needing money because I'll be way out of my window by then. But with all your picks, you might be needing money. <laughs> well, 
potentially I could trade him for gap space then, but potentially whenever you get another pick in the upcoming year, I might be able, willing to trade him for a future, what is it, 2025 pick or 2026 pick. It would have to be 2025 at the at the soonest because I have zero picks for the next two years. So. Right, right. <laughs> but you get a new set of picks to trade at that point, correct? I do have another year of picks to trade, but I, I think I, I may be using er, – uh, no, I, I think I could reasonably trade those ones as well. 2026, I think, is the year where I can – like I, I can't uh, be using picks on anymore because my window very clearly ends at no sooner – or no later rather than 2024. So 2025 – I could still be coasting off potentially a decent year in 2024 and not killing myself on the pick. But I do have a lot of your picks, so I can't let your team get any better. So I got to really think about this. That's true as well. Yeah, I mean, I got to actively root for your demise. I think I got like three of your picks now. Well, so. luckily for you, it's not like a, a a very tough thing to happen. It's not like you're like rooting for, you know, Julio Rodriguez to hit 700 on, on the whole year. Like yeah. you're, you're cheering for something that just naturally happens is, you know, on a like clockwork. Yeah. It's fun to watch and good to cheer for. I, honestly, um, Alex said, I've got these picks and I said, give me both runs. <laughs> Fair. It, it was like six picks that he had, he laid out and said, take any of these. I said, give me, give me both runs. <laughs> I mean, hey, it's it's good to have a rooting interest and stuff. Exactly. So to answer your question, no, I can't give you fucking Romeo. Okay. No, <laughs> just just figured it might be uh, you know fun podcast content if, if it comes down to you know. I was hoping we good... could do that. That's the way it was looking in my head, but then I thought about things. Can't do it, man. I'm sorry. All right, I just figured it might be beneficial for you know if you're a cap situation with all these all these guys you're going to need to be paying. In the future, so. <laughs> well, granted, a lot of these guys run rookie deals, and rookie deals in football are actually pretty good extension values the first time around. Right. Yeah. And my my thing is, is like, how many fucking extensions can I give out at the time? So I got to be meticulous on when I get call up people. So uh, I think we get five. Can they all be five years? Sorry, what was that? Can they all be five years or? Are they limited in length? Oh, extensions are not limited in length. Well, there's a maximum, but like the, you don't. It's not like the, the the rookie contracts where you only get like certain amounts of years. Like right, they, right. They, they can be no no longer than five years, but you could use all of them for five years if you wanted. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, it looks like we have five extensions per the uh, the rule sheet. Yeah, I knew we had five. I just didn't know if they were uh, limited to links. Nope. But, you can yeah, use them okay. whatever whatever links you want. Like, you know, I for me, I, I could have given Osborne five years and Heinz five years, but uh, sal- salaries played into that. Yeah. Looking at my cap space and um looks like in uh for twenty twenty two currently I have a hundred and one million dollars in cap space. Yep. Quite a lot. Yeah. So if anybody's listening and needs some cap space, get at your boy. Yeah. Are you going to turn into the football version of Keith? 
the lending service. <laughs> he changed his name to something about wheels. <laughs> oh, he, the, the queen wheels around, yeah. Yeah, saw that. Am I going to be the football version? No, I'll just stick with the labia. No, I, I meant like in terms of like uh, sending money to people. Yeah, no, I, I know what you meant. Yeah, I'm just oh. I'm saying I'm, I'm just going to stick to being um, the pussy that everybody beats up on and uh, not really getting getting much out of out of my uh, cap situation on my on my players. So, I mean, although last year I did make a, quite a few trades. I mean, that was a pretty blockbuster deal sending Mac Jones and. I think I traded Tua to Barry for Mac, and I think I got some other stuff with that. Oh yeah, we we did pick swaps, and then um, and then I got like mountains of cash and um, uh, Clyde Edwards-Helaire and uh, a few other things. Oh, Teddy Two Gloves. Yeah. Pulling <laughs> out. I mean, I- Teddy Tugos is basically throwing. I didn't have any real hope on him being being like the guy that I was writing for forever since I had Zach Wilson in picks this year that I was going to use on quarterback. So I just took him as just like maybe he'll be something um, in a game where I need him because <clears throat> Tua is not going to play every game. Yep. Um, I was really happy to get rid of him, so. I don't think I can blame you too much on that. Yeah. Oh, and I got Sutton. And that turned out way better than it was because now Sutton has a real quarterback. So. Yeah, I was very nervous about his long-term outlook, and then all of a sudden things changed pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got this guy who's uber talented. You know, best quarterbacks thrown to him in a while is Drew Locke. And <laughs> well, his yeah. best year came with – who was uh, the guy in 2019? Was it Lynch? Lynch didn't play a full season. Was it Simeon? I don't know, but I remember Sutton had a really good 2019. It might have been a lot. No. Well, see, they, they've had, like, multiple quarterbacks in every year, so it's yeah, hard that's, to... Yeah, that's true. Let me... I can, you know, I can tell you here in a second. So, yeah, his, he was Pro Bowl in 2019, and in 2019, Denver's most used quarterback was... Uh, Joe Flacco. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Flacco and Locke combined for uh, 13 starts. The other three were uh, Brandon Allen. Yeah, so that's why it's just it's tough to fucking remember who's been the quarterback for most of this, for a complete season. I mean, this is probably the longest. This year is probably the longest the Broncos have had one starter at quarterback in years. So yeah, um, just been. A revolving door, and hopefully we got that fixed. So I'm looking forward to this year for a lot of reasons from football. So yeah. All right. Well, that's a pretty good uh, summary of uh, football then. And well, while we did have more top out with those two sports, you are in two other leagues. Uh, let's go with hockey, I guess, because that's the one where you finished better uh, last year. Yeah, hockey's been great to me, man. I- you know, I, I know I would have been in the playoffs if, if I would have set my lineup all year. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to do that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I made one big trade. made my outlook better for the future. I gave you um, Bergeron. He just won that award, didn't he? What was that, the best defenseman of the year? Best defensive forward. Yeah. So, 
We'll see. Hopefully he uh, he hangs around for another couple of years and I can, you know, really get get a good amount out of him, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, Perfetti looks like he's going to be great, so I'm not really worried about it. But I also don't have a great cap situation, so I kind of had to make a little bit of a uh, move there too. So, um, yeah, I'm really starting to target some people in the, in the draft, so um, I don't have – much knowledge on that, but I'm trying to start circling people now. I, I don't know if I'll get any of them, but hopefully, <clears throat> hopefully I'll get the guys that I've targeted. You have your own picks, right? Or yeah, yeah, I haven't traded any picks. Okay, looks like or, you have your. Yeah, trade any picks. yeah look, looks like you don't have your second rounder, but you do have a first, a third, and a fourth. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, I mean, having a first rounder, that's that's still good. You get to at least pick one of the the better names in the draft and, and try to start building this in your own image. Yeah, from what I've seen, like hockey's kind of like um, basketball in a way, where it's like really top heavy. You know, like yeah. uh, I'm not saying it's identical, but it seems to be like if you have a, a second round pick, it's not worth nearly what a first round pick is. Getting, I guess what I'm trying to say. I, I would I wouldn't go that far. I, I would say second rounders are worth a lot more in hockey. Just I mean, if you if you just base it solely off of trade values in real life. I guess it, I'm talking about fantasy, not really. Uh, oh, okay. Real, not real life hockey, second round, real life basketball. Yeah, yeah, that's probably a better comparison then because the, the smaller league sizes. Yeah. Yeah, and it definitely is in some ways a little more like baseball too in that it's. It takes a while for some guys to kind of make it. Like, whereas football and basketball, you have a lot more immediate contributors. Whereas hockey, there may only be like one to two guys a year who are like relevant in their, like, literally the year after they're drafted. Yeah. I haven't seen many people that are like, oh, yeah, they'll they'll be good this year or the year that he's drafted. So it's, you know, it's good to, for me since I'm, you know, a baseball guy that it's like that. But at the same time, I've got a lot more learning to do. Yeah. But, you know, being a very biased person who really likes hockey, hopefully you'll uh, you'll enjoy that aspect of it as well. Yeah, I do. I mean, it's just so much learning. I've, I've started watching some more, but um, my time has been kind of uh, cannibalized recently with a lot of things. So yeah, yeah. Basketball takes priority too. Whenever I do get a chance to watch sports, so understandable. I mean, not all of us here are currently going through wedding planning, so. Yeah, but yeah, I like the hockey team. I like that Marchman guy I picked up too. I mean, I think uh, I might give him a small little contract, see how he does, and um, go with it from there. But a lot of the other guys seem to be um, seem to be good, and like all my people are locked in. You know, like Dylan gave people contracts that he wanted. So. Uh, yeah, two of them. I, I can count uh, 21 million reasons to be not too thrilled about Dylan, just between Adam Larson and uh, Cal Peterson. But. Yeah, <laughs> it's not, not great. And I do like that he's got Kirill and um, I got TJ Miller on my team. So. Yep. And you do have the best goalie in the world, so that helps too. Yeah, yeah, the goalie situation is nice. Like, Looking around and seeing all the all the talk about goalies, I'm like, well, at least he left me with a good one of those. I mean, um, contracts aren't great on all of them, but you know, 
the contract on Vasilevsky is really good, though. Yeah, even, exactly. even at fourteen million. Right, right. Like, like I'm sure you'll appreciate this uh, before this round because Tampa Bay Vasilevsky's team had swept the previous round um, in his last seven games with a chance to win the series. Vasilevsky has six shutouts. Jesus, just <laughs> he's real good. <laughs> yeah. Seems like he's he's pretty legit. Um, but yeah, I guess moving on to basketball, um, a pretty pretty happy. You know, obviously last year wasn't a great year for me record wise, but some of the moves I made, I'm pretty happy with the way my roster turned out. Um, I've got you know Zion, who's obviously sat out the whole season, and I flipped. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. into Brandon Ingram. And watching the playoffs, it seemed like Brandon Ingram's actually going to take a step forward. I don't know if Zion and Ingram will be a great long-term fit, but I'm kind of feeling optimistic and saying there'll be like a little bit of synergy there. And hopefully um, it's only really the scoring stats that take a, take a backseat and maybe better efficiency along with that for Ingram. With uh, CJ there now, it's, it seems like uh, they got a good core at least. So yeah, you can't forget uh, can't forget Jonas Valanciunas. I'm honestly thinking they might trade that guy. But <laughs> yeah, um, wherever he goes, I just hope it's a good fantasy location. <laughs> yeah, it, it's kind of crazy. Like the league's so talented right now; they got plenty of good bigs, and like it's just like no room for anybody. It's like basically wherever your tr- contract can fit, fuck it, that's where you go. So um, it's really hard to judge year to year who's going to be on each team. So I'm just kind of uh, trying to figure out those things. And, and I think Ingram and Zion and CJ could be a good good trio. And somehow I ended up with every fucking Laker on my team. I mean, not Laker, uh, Clipper on my team. I've got Nicholas Batum. I've got um, Reggie Jackson, Zubak. And Kawhi. So if Kawhi comes back healthy next year, you know, and Bradley Bill comes back healthy next year, and my favorite player in the NBA, Nazir Little, um, all those guys can come back and contribute. I feel like I'll be in a good spot. I don't know if I'll be like, you know, Josh or Barry or, you know, Alex's level, but, you know, I feel like I could contend for a playoff spot, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, that's I mean, where, you do have – you do have a little over $47 million on IR just for 2022 alone. Yeah, I mean, if, if I can get help, if I can stay healthy, you know, I've got Donovan Mitchell too, you know, I've, and I've got plenty of people that I think are are at least solid contributors in, in certain categories and not, not be world beaters in each one. So hopefully I can get good all-around production from the role player guys that I have. Yeah. And, oh, I've got the second pick overall, so really happy about yeah. that. We can get that here in a second, but I would like to point out that as of as it stands right now, you have five empty roster spots for 2022, and yet six guys on IR with a contract for 2022. So I'll be curious to see how you navigate that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've I've got a lot of injuries going on, so it really just depends on if they come back healthy because you never know with some of these guys. I mean, Zion just got fucking cleared to play like two weeks ago, yep. so. Uh, let's see if he has surgery again. Who knows? All right. Well, you did mention the second overall pick there. So I believe Nathan has 
all but said on the pod last week that it, it pretty much depends on who you have or who uh, Orlando takes that could potentially really play into his uh, his decision there. Do you have anyone in particular at two you're hoping, or are you looking to maybe trade out? No, I'm definitely using this pick. Um, for me, this draft is is like three players. Um, like uh, Jabari, I like um, I like Ivy, and I like um, Manch- uh, Paulo Manchero. Wow, you you are really gonna make Chris happy by not mentioning Chet Holmgren. I don't know if you recall this or not, but I told you I was not drafting um, Chet like months ago. Because <laughs> um, you were you you called me out and said, "Oh, he's already talking about who." Oh yeah. yeah. Throwing shade on somebody who wants to draft, I'm not going to draft Chet. So I mean, there's so there's like a one percent chance that I draft Chet, but it's see, like if all I hear is happen. all I hear is that you are just still trying to keep up that that facade, that lose. Well, you can hear all you want, man, but um, Chet is not getting picked with the second overall pick. That's for sure, unless I trade it, which is going to be hard to do. So. Um, we'll see. Said, we'll if, see. If uh, I do have like two guys that I would, would take with the second overall pick, no matter what, so there's literally no way that that I won't get one of those guys. So I'm happy to be there. I yeah. guess is what I'm saying. What if I uh, trade you Andrew Wiggins for it? <laughs> Haven't we been there before? In some regards, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you traded me Andrew Wiggins for Shaq. Yeah. I think Bamba was a deal too. Give me Bamba for it too. That's yeah, right. but I mean, you have a second second uh, round draft pick for me too, though. So. I, yeah, I think that's how it ended up working out. But, yeah, and then you ended up with Andrew Wiggins again because I traded Wiggins for uh, Mitchell. Yeah, and then I was able to trade Bogdanovich and I think Killian Hayes for him, which I was yeah. pretty content with. Yeah, I would be really content with that too. I mean, I'm sure you weren't thinking Wiggins would be the guy who was now. If you were to go back, I don't know if you would have made that trade for for May. I mean, you might have. I don't know, but well, I mean, uh, I, yeah, we'll see. I'm still not really sold on Wiggins fitting my team going forward, but I have like nothing but cap space, so keeping him doesn't like hurt me at all. Yeah, I was happy with getting uh, DeAndre Hunter too with the uh, the late move from the uh the queen's revolving door yeah another door um so <clears throat> he's a uva guy I'm, you know i'm pretty close to charlottesville now so i like to see uva guys do well yeah for sure all right well is there anything did you ugh, is there anything else you had there with basketball then no, I think I'm good on basketball. All right. Well, I will finish up with the questions I had. And then, as I saw in the chat uh, before, uh, I didn't find out you were jokingly asking about it until I actually saw it. So that was a surprise to me. You asked for questions for me. So we'll use that for the end, since I think there was a bit more uh, excitement about asking questions for me as opposed to asking questions for you, which I think says more about how I conduct myself in the chat than anything else. Yeah, you, you would have thought that um, there was a deadline for questions, and it was one minute to go whenever I passed. <laughs> I had three people in my inbox immediately. 
Okay, well, that'll be uh, interesting here. Well, let's not make people wait too much longer here. Um, how mad are you at Chris for never following up on the pop culture spinoff? You know, I thought about that the other day, and I was like, man, that would have been great. But at the same time, um, just with my time commitments right now, it would have been a little bit harder to navigate. So I'd say on a scale of 1 to 10, probably about a 5. That's fair. I'm sure you probably would have expected a higher number than that. Um, and then the last two are ones that I'm supposed to be keeping around for the next uh, line of question marks here. So for next line of interviews, rather. Uh, who would you like to play in a movie about yourself? Or how, who would you like to play you in a movie about yourself? Sorry. Oh, dude, that's easy. Matt Damon. Okay. <laughs> Matt Damon. Yeah, Matt Damon is it's, uh, the best actor of our generation. So, um, yeah, he, he's a cool guy. He's he's a articulate, very smart, very good looking, just like me. So I think uh, I think he'd be a perfect fit for my role. Is he also a Boston guy, or is am I just kind of assuming his association with Ben Affleck? No, they're both Boston guys. Okay. That's his only flaw, really. I was going to say, I, I couldn't remember if I was just, you know, accidentally lumping him in there with, uh, with Affleck. But. I know you're a big movie buff, but um, <laughs> yeah. Goodwill Hunting was uh, one of his first movies, and that's pretty much a story about a guy in Boston. And that's was like my favorite movie whenever I started watching like, you know, really serious movies back when I was a kid. And I thought, um, I thought he was perfect in it. Um, I think it's got Robin. Yeah. Robin Williams, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon in it. You should check it out. Oh, uh, only cause you reminded me of this. Uh, when Nick Cage got brought up and people joking, Oh, well, I bet Ronnie's probably only seen national treasure. I have seen wind talkers. If anyone has ever seen them. <laughs> so there's another Nick Cage movie for you guys. Nick Cage has a lot of shit movies, but you somehow managed to, to watch the worst one. You had a Wind Talkers guy? Maybe, maybe it was because I was so young. I just thought it was okay. No, I'm, I'm just joking. I don't even know if I've seen that one. Um, but he just he's done a lot of trash movies, so it's just funny that, that you've, um, you're calling out one that I thought was... Not good enough to see, and I've seen a lot of Nick Cage movies. Yeah, for anyone who doesn't know, it's the, the general uh, idea is uh, Nick Cage is a soldier assigned to a Navajo code talker as like a protector in World War II. Also, apparently, features Mark Ruffalo. I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, great cast. Yep, those are the only two people I recognize. Or, yeah, the only two people I recognize on the. Uh, no, I know Christian Slater. I'm sorry. But I only know Christian Slater from Archer, so. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Uh, and then the last question here was, uh, this was Chris just kind of fishing for ideas here. For the all-sport winner package, what all would you like to see, like, extras in it outside of, like, the trophy and the jersey that Chris was talking about? That's a really good question. Um <sighs> I don't know what the budget would be, but like for someone like me, I guess maybe like um, a jersey of a team that I like or something like that, or something like something around those lines, something sports related where it can be to the winner's liking, I guess, would be a cool thing. Yeah, it could be. I mean, I, I know with the the one like custom jersey for like your your team logo and color scheme. 
So right, right. So I mean, a real life one too. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Like if, if I wanted like a, a Yankee hat or something like that, maybe. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. So as someone else who uh, has a beard, does it? Do you also think of how weird it is to wear a Yankee hat while you're keeping a beard, or am I just weird? Um, honestly, I've never really thought of it as a weird thing. Because um, I've, I've had a beard pretty much since I was like 15, so um, I've just always, <laughs> I've always had it. So it's never crossed my mind until this moment. No, I'm just something I kind of thought about being a little ironic of, you know, the, the facial hair rule. Yeah, I mean, um, I've never uh, played for the Yankees, so it's really never, yeah, came across that way. Anyway, for the, for the people who ask why I am the way I am, maybe that's a little insight for you there. Yeah, I guess you've just been daydreaming of playing on the Yankees your whole life. It's, mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't stop well with you that you're not there. No, I was trash in baseball. Oh, yeah, that's right. No uh, no uh, false dreams there after like people started pitching to you. You realize pretty quickly, like, okay, this, I ain't going anywhere with this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyways, uh, what all do you have for me? Feel free to like prioritize them, like best for last or whatever order you want to go into here. Oh, well, thank you for that permission, Ronnie. Um, man, yeah, of people, man of people. <laughs> there are so many great ones here, man. Let me just get through this list. All right. Um, first off, how dare you? Yeah. I don't know if I really need to like respond to that. I, I just feel like my my general actions and my continued actions are kind of all the response that really one really needs. Okay. Um, so, well, I shouldn't say I shouldn't phrase it like that, but I it's that's probably the best way to answer the question is just by you know it's me doing the stupid shit I do. I don't I don't know if I could really like explain in a satisfactory manner. It's more what I'm trying to get across. All right. Okay, and then what will it take you to move Ronnie Mauricio? Uh, I don't know. Another equally talented prospect named Ronnie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if we're being honest, that's like more than half the reason why I ended up with him. Okay. And, and to be to be specific, to be clear here, it's because it ends in a Y. If it was R O N N I E Mauricio, I wouldn't have the same amount of interest. Okay, so a name change. So I guess we'll get IT on that. Um, all right. How does it feel to have the most belt losses without a single win in DSAC history? Uh, well, if, if let's let's make a, a wrestling analogy out of this. Like every time you 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 book a match here, you know you have to have a winner and you have to have a loser, and the loser has to serve a purpose too. It, it can't just be like a squash every time. You have to make sure. The loser is a, a viable threat and can be someone who is taken seriously, but still has to to play the role and, and to to raise up the level of the the winner. And I feel like essentially that's where I'm at, and I'm just paying my dues until I eventually get my push and my chance to to roll the belt. Well, much like wrestling, we already know the outcome before it uh, happens. So yeah, I mean, I guess that makes sense. Great analogy. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Do you think this is the year Robert Woods lives up to his trade value? I mean, I think relatively speaking, he's more or less like 
it lived up to the trade value if you like don't consider the trade value to be what Jefferson turned into. I mean, it, it ended up being like a, a mid first rookie pick and like the equivalent of like a late first. Like, I think Woods has been more or less fine, you know, torn ACL last year aside. It just so happens that the picks I traded turned into like the worst possible outcomes. <laughs> like literally Justin Jefferson and I mean, I've said it many times. I'm not a, not, I'm not a Justin Fields guy, but he is a, a young rookie quarterback in a super flex league. So. So I'll take that as a no. Um, are there more CJ Cron gifts or all I championships in the world? Well, there's like three of three gifts that I've found. So it's gifts and it's a pretty tight race. Um, Three to is it one? Uh, it depends on what you want to call a championship and in what how, how many however I can manage to do the mental gymnastics into the thinking there are like championships within the championship that I can crown myself with. Yeah. And doing everything that you can to say zero, you're doing a good job. Yeah. Um okay, so this one really isn't a question. The uh Person stated, then just tell him it's his fault. Spencer left. <laughs> just had to throw that out there. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, we can just completely disregard the fact that uh, the idea, like the literal last podcast, was me coming on and us breaking that uh, it was going to become like a, a two man operation between the two of us. And then he got pissed off and left. And it just very quickly never happened. <laughs> Like, like we had, we had like photoshops done and everything for it, and then everything all went to hell. And like, okay, never mind. Isn't it crazy how things just fell apart like so quickly? Like, you went from just saying, "Oh, I wish people set their lineup," and oh, "I wish things streamed a kicker." <laughs> like, I couldn't believe he lost his mind over that for a team that, if I were to stream a kicker, I would have beat literally zero other teams in that league. That's neither here nor there, but I think a lot of the logic too was how Chris handled it and how Chris was like, eh, I don't really care. I think that kind of upset him. It, you know, kind of like in like a Rob Manfred is just a piece of metal type of logic. Yeah, I mean, if Chris was getting paid what his buddy is to run the league, it'd be a different story. But he's, he's yeah, not, so yeah, if Chris um, was getting paid to how what his buddies were getting paid, I I think we would have kicked a few people out. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. Okay, so here's here's some good stuff here. Um, fuck Mary Kill. Okay. Familiar with the game? A little bit. Okay. First one. Got a few of them here, so I'll just start off with this one. Hitler, Stalin, Pol Pot. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. That's not one of them. That's not one of them. Oh, it's not? Jesus Christ is not one oh. of them. Sorry. Oh, geez. Um, oh, let me. Okay. Uh, Pol Pot's probably the ugliest of the two, of the <laughs> of the three. So, um, I don't know. Probably Mary Stalin. I don't know. Jesus. You Mary Stalin? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> there's no good. There's no good way to answer this. There's there's only there's only one of the three 
possibilities here. That's an actually good answer. And the other two just made me look like an idiot. Uh, we'll go in the order of the question, I guess. I'll, the only one I'm actually like feel like relatively confident in would be Stalin and Mary. So you can whatever whatever of the other two, whatever order uh, fits the best narrative for the people listening. You can like do like a choose your own adventure, I guess, with this. Okay, so you marry all three of them. All right, next one: Dylan, Viv, and JB. God, <laughs> you guys suck. <laughs> I mean, Johnny's got to be the kill. Yeah. I mean, that's just, yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like I actually talked with Dylan more than Vib. So, like, by default, I think he's got to be the Mary. Maybe, you know, you got to think, like, long-term, like, actually, like, being able to talk with somebody, I guess. And then Vib, I guess, will be the, the fuck, because I'm so angry at him for uh, leaving before I could acquire George Kirby from him. <laughs> So different kind of fuck, got you. All right, next one. Mankind, Kane, The Undertaker. What the hell? Oh god, I was kind of expecting like like you know like people on my teams if they make me make me choose between all my favorites, but um, <laughs> well, The Undertaker's got supernatural powers, and that's like a good benefit to have. I'll go and probably marry The Undertaker. Um. I guess maybe like kill mankind because he does like the, the crazier bumps and it could be like a more exciting murder. Uh, <laughs> like, is the mankind like three different people really though? So Well no, mankind is one of three different people. Right. But that's my point. Um, you're getting a lot there, is what my point is. Yeah. I guess at least Kane with the, the fuck, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, interesting. Okay, last Last one. I know this has been tough for you. For the uh, for, this is the last fuck Mary kill. There's more questions. Um, Warriors, Yankees, championship years, Pistons. Uh, probably kill the Warriors because like I don't really see myself like sticking around like long term after like the current core leaves. Like, I'm I'm still a Pistons fan, and like becoming a Warriors fan was just kind of like something that got me back into basketball you know like it, I, I don't i don't have the same like emotional attachment to the franchise as i do literally just like steph clay and dre yeah you're a players fan for the way you're not really a, uh... yeah because like it, like i've said this story a couple times but like essentially we were just playing 2k at a buddy's house and you know the pistons being really bad like nobody wants to actually use them in a video game and i, I just grabbed the warriors for curry and i actually played really well with thompson and it just kind of stuck so yeah probably marry the pistons long term because that's like the more local team the yankees can just be like my my little fling there and the warriors can be the kill okay um, actually i'm going to pause right here so i can switch over a recording ask all right so what did you learn from your failed attempts at taking over the league uh i don't know if i really ever made attempts to really take over the league so I mean, the only thing I can really say I learned would be probably from like TPD stuff, and that's like how to be like a really good commish. But the only difference is having the infrastructure in place to actually keep people more like interested in the league because we did have 
we did get the 10, but it was kind of a bit of a revolving door at the end with people, different people leaving and Spencer leaving, and it just got a little awkward with that. Yeah, it's a shame. Yeah, I have seen seen Chris in action, though. I have learned a lot of what not to do as a commissioner, though. So. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, are you related to Mark Zuckerberg? No, but I do have a friend who uh, looks a lot like him at the moment, and he was not pleased when I said that at my <laughs> a friend's wedding a couple months ago. Like, oh, you kind of got the Zuckerberg hair going. He was like, mm. I'm like, I, I didn't mean wait, to like insult you. Wait, was he the one getting married? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, I, no I, I would, I don't know if I would say that to a buddy on his wedding day. Like, I, I have, I have some standards here, people. Okay. Believe it when we see it. Um, uh, why do you constantly try to see how much you can get away with before you're booted for being annoying? No, it just, no, it's, I'm like, it's definitely a character. It's, you know, it's like, like the whole idea of like the best wrestling gimmick is like your per your personality, like turned up to like 11. So like, I'm really like, not like as much of a dick as I am in the chat, but I mean, to me, it's just, it's more fun to like, try to like generate storylines and interests and stuff and, and to like have, like give people like a rooting interest. Like if, if we're being honest here, like would the league be as fun if it was just 12 people who generally just kind of like got along and didn't really have any like fake conflict? You're right, man. The league is so much better with your annoying ass in there. I'm not even playing. Like, it's just whenever you whenever you post a superstar gif, I'm like, God damn that motherfucker. Yeah, I'm I'm sitting in bed at 1:30 in the morning posting Matt Brash down some triple A. Yeah, <laughs> get people riled up about this. Uh, everyone's looking into Matt Brash's triple A uh, stats from fucking yesterday to try to prove you wrong for some reason. All right, yeah, just got a couple more for you. Um, this one's from somebody wondering a hockey question. Have you? There's a local kid in Detroit. He's from Argentina. I can't pronounce his name right. It's Dragula. You heard of him? I already know some of the thing. These nuts joke, so you can move on. <laughs> no, that was the last one. Um, yeah, sorry, that was a failed attempt. Someone asked me to do that one. But. Yeah, well, see, your 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 issue was like implying a young kid, so you're immediately thinking like a potential like draft prospect, and like I I know my hockey prospects a little too well to know that that was never going to be a realistic thing there. So. Yeah, local kid in Detroit from Argentina, so that was their setup. And I mean, there are there are you know a few like you know Michigan is one of the bigger hockey states in the in the country, so. There's gonna be like a few Michigan kids like in every draft near the top, of course. But you know, when you're talking yeah, Michigan kids, you're thinking more like Detroit player from Argentina. Yeah, like that, um, that. That's just way too of a, a convoluted setup there. Like whoever asked that question, that was that was a fool's errand. That you you got to be better than that. Yeah, I tried, but <laughs> yeah, you didn't you didn't fail. The person who asked that failed. But yeah, that's all I, I have for you, Ronnie. It was, uh, yeah, I kind of asked as a joke, hey, because um, I saw that you'd asked about questions for me, so I was just like, yeah, let me see about any questions for Ronnie, and it was immediate, so glad I asked. Yeah, because I'm sure people do enjoy getting a chance to kind of poke fun at me a little bit on the pod, but I, I try not to do it too often so that people don't try to end up having the same questions over and over again. 
Yeah, I felt like, like it had been a while, and the last time was basically a roast, but it seems like this time kind of went the same direction. So. Yeah, I mean, that's very well deserved from how I act. In the past. I, I, I'm very well aware of the role I play. <laughs> and like, yeah. and like how, how people are going to react to it, so. Yeah. Is there anything like you in particular wanted to like put me to the fire on? Probably because, I mean, especially like with baseball where you, you know, very well versed in prospects and whatnot, you know, any moves I made or whatever. Yeah, I mean, a lot of moves you make are are marginal usually. So, like, the, I guess one of the bigger moves you did was getting Gillish. And was I a fan of that move? Hell no. I think Gillish is way past his prime and <laughs> not worth anything. I think Logan Gilbert's a god. But that being said, you need hitting in the worst kind of way. Um, and you have pitching prospects and just major league ready talent for days. So is it the worst trade for you? No. So it's hard to really, uh, like a lot of your moves strategically, I guess, are similar to what I would do. I don't know if I want to call for Yelich, but maybe he was the only one available for that package. I don't know. But um, yeah, I, I can't really, I mean, yeah, as I said, the prospect <coughs> uh, preview at the beginning of the year, you and Keith just have, leaps and bounds way over everybody else. So yeah. it's hard to argue there. And your your major league talent is doing pretty well too. I mean, I think you're probably more appropriately where you're gonna finish now, like somewhere in between third and, and fifth. Yeah. Um, that's kind of where I was thinking too. Realistically um, speaking. Um so unless you make some major moves, obviously there's still a lot of time. But uh yeah, I mean I don't think uh anything you've done in baseball is really too crazy can't really bash you for too much i guess spending 75 dollars on the guys in the minor leagues maybe but um yeah that's I mean, other, other people were willing to spend almost that much too yeah there so, were two other people who bid at least 70 i think or at least over 60. i think one of them was 50 and one of them was 59 or something so um, oh, I, I know but, one of them was at least in the 70s i know alex was in the 70s somewhere but he changed his bid to like leave him with like a nice round number of fab so he, he kind of rounded down yeah, yeah. So, if we are talking about prospects, though, I would at least like to mention the uh, the fact that Keith posted a Baseball America photo featuring the top 100 prospect list, and the three people on the list on the, the list photograph are just all walleye. I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> that was. I know Rushman was in, in the majors already, though, so I don't understand. He probably does. The, probably the, the the rookie limits. I don't think he's hit the, the at bats yet. Yeah, but. Uh, the other one was green. Who was the third? Yeah, it's Corbin Carroll with the, uh, the the very nice goatee. Yeah. He's still got some growing up to do, I see. But, um, <laughs> yeah. He's, uh, yeah, he's been pretty, playing pretty well in the minors. I mean, um, I can't really think. If, if I'm going to talk about prospects for a second, I've you know, been paying a lot of attention to Tovar because I've got him, obviously, but I don't really – know of too many that have made leaps and bounds above and beyond expectations. I guess um, J-Dom's actually turned it on a little bit over the past month, and Lopez played well under expectations pretty much the whole season. So, uh, I guess. Could you kind of count uh... – oh, God, who was I going to say? Never, never mind. I, I, I'm already blanking on who it was supposed to be. Yeah, I mean, prospect-wise, you know, I, I think uh, most most of it's gone to plans. No one's really blown up 
gone to zero, gone to zero value. I think I was, I think I've spoken with you multiple times about Volpe, and I was never that high on him. Like I think he's really good, but top ten prospect was just a little too far up for me. Um, I think he's probably going to fall somewhere around fifty um, whenever this update happens. But um, yeah, I think. Uh, think it'll be interesting to see what shakes out of this prospect draft that we have coming up here soon. I guess it would be the next couple of weeks. Yeah, because I think we're about, what, a month and a half out or so from the real draft. And I don't know when the signing deadline is. You know, sorry again that I'm the cause of us having to change the rules on that. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So is the draft, the draft's like next week? No, it's farther out than that. Really? Yeah. I saw something on MLB Network where they're doing a preview this Saturday, so I thought it was yeah, next so week. The, the actual draft starts on the 17th of July. Okay. And then so, I'll, I'll Google the signing deadline for you all. So we know. Uh, apparently that's not a piece of information that immediately pops up. But presumably so it, within like a month or so after. Like September, right? I would assume probably on August. But yeah, I would think it's like September 1st would probably be the deadline. That's, that's what I was thinking, like a month out. All right, let me see if I can find an article from when Rocker did not sign. So <laughs> Rocker, it looks like uh, it was like August 1st last year. And the draft started on the 11th. So probably within like the first couple weeks of August, we'll be able to start. Okay. As, assuming that the the period of time between the end of the draft and the deadline is the same, of course. Gotcha. But while I have you all here, that uh, would you know might as well mention that Kumar Rocker pitched pretty well in the front in his Frontier League debut over the weekend. Yeah. He's done really well to a bunch of people that can't make it into the majors. That's to be expected. Well, I mean nobody else who's a pitcher is like healthy in this class. So <laughs> he does have that going for him. Yeah, that's true. He could be the top pitcher taken overall. Hopefully the Mets take him with the same pick they lost for him. I mean, he would, he would have to sign off on that, but it would be kind of funny if they came to an agreement on that, though. Yeah, I mean, I could see it happen. The Mets will spend money, so I, I can see where they would um, – a lot of money. A lot of money to a guy they think is the top. They obviously did whatever they drafted him the first go-around. Yeah. Right. And then, I guess, to lastly on prospects, we are going to, I believe, uh, kind of do a new uh, marathon episode after our draft. I think that'll be the next like big thing that like truly like alters the uh, the landscape of our of our farm systems. Yeah. So yeah. just for the sake of not, if you not having to do like hours of work like every other month. Yeah, I guess late August will be the next update, I guess. Yeah, we can generally follow the, the, the pattern of like post-draft and then in the in the off-season or like in the preseason. Yeah. I think that's probably like the two two biggest times for like to actually like account for significant changes in the, the systems and then also account for season-long performances and how that affects different players. Yeah, because most of the call-ups for people that don't, no longer be prospects will already happen by that point. Yep, you'll have players called up, you'll have players dropping or rising up depending on their performances, and then obviously right. de decent trades here. Um, yep. 
Should we ask you your opinion on uh, recent baseball trades? Because you're like the big prospect guy there. Uh, sure, if you want. Um, which one's uh, thinking? Uh, trying to remember where we left off last time. I think we talked about. I think we talked about like the. the I'm not. I'm not doing this to to crap on Barry, but the the headbird for Miller, Levertor, and Henderson. Did we talk about that last time you yeah, were on? Yeah. Okay, so I'll I'll no, use that. No, the not me and me and uh, Mike made the uh, the trade too. So somewhere in that ballpark. Okay. Let's let's go with what happened after the the bets trade then. So we had Jazz traded for Gabriel Morle- Gabriel Moreno a first and a, a second, which feels relatively fair. Yeah, I mean that. You know, Moreno is going to be a good catcher for a long time, hopefully. But the catchers, you never know. So um, I don't feel like that was a overpay either way for that. Yeah. Um, I got Simeon Woods Richardson for Tanaj Thomas and Cash, and then they immediately flipped Richardson to Mike. <laughs> yeah, I mean, marginal prospects who, you know, are long shots in my opinion. So um, not really anything too crazy if you ask me. Uh, let's see, we got Josh Jung for Kenley Jansen in, in cash. Um, Jung is one of the guys that got injured preseason. I think he had shoulder surgery. Yep. So it's more of a win-now move. I don't hate it. Um, I'd like to see where – I think Alex said something like this, but I think, uh, you know, Jung, you want to see where he plays out and what happens. So, um, But, yeah, it's, it's, it's not a terrible trade. And then, I mean, obviously you kind of talked about the Elch deal a little bit. And the last one would be Brennan Davis and Tyler Soderstrom for Clevenger, Petito, and Cash. Yeah, so I guess Mike was moving off of Davis after the back surgery. But prior to that back surgery, if, you know, we talked about no one moving down a lot. I feel like Brennan Davis and Stockton had probably moved down other than Volpe maybe the most out of anybody in the top. I'm not saying he's going to be bad, but I just think he's got that Joe Adele profile, right? Like he's got a big swing bat where he's going to miss a lot, a lot of home runs, got some speed. But will that translate to the majors? We don't know. Then having back surgery on top of that, not a good look. Yeah. So I mean, Oakland prospects, you never know with those guys, but um, not a, not a bad get there. I would, I'd probably be higher on Soderstrom, honestly, than Davis at this point. I know there are big difference in um, yeah. the prospect rankings, but um, definitely in the short term, but maybe even the long term, too. Um, Clevenger, I'm a huge Clevenger fan, so I think it was a good gift for, for Mike getting those guys paid for. Obviously, it's a huge win-now move. Uh, Patino, I'm not, you know, I'm kind of indifferent on him. I don't, don't love him, don't hate him, but um, I think, you know, it was uh, overpaid to get Davis when he was when his stock was down. Is kind of how I feel about it. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I I didn't really have strong feelings on that one. I'll eventually have to record the, the rest of the pod here tonight or tomorrow, and I'll have to talk on that a little bit. But I do like Soderstrom as well. I mean, especially if he gets the fast track to the first base job in Oakland. Yeah. But and then I guess since you mentioned like Patino, I guess it's probably. We can do the the one I'd do a Barry there, which was Kyle Wright for Brian Rocchio and a late first. Yeah, I mean, 
Um, Kyle Ryan's been pitching well. Um, Atlanta's been doing the right thing. They've been developing starters pretty well, so you're hoping he stays in that track. I know he's been a fringe major leaguer for probably, what, two years now? So it seems like it's still on the right track. So getting starting pitchers for for a first-round pick and, you know, uh, Rocio is not, not a terrible terrible get. So I, I think was- it's pretty, pretty even. I was actually decently high on Rokio coming into the year, but I, when Barry asked about him, I was kind of looking at his profile, like on Fangrass, like, oh, he's, he's not hit as well as I as well as I thought he was this year. Yeah, but. yeah, he, he's kind of one of those guys. He seems pretty streaky whenever I look at his stats. Like, I'll see a write up about him one month. He's like, oh, he's doing way better this month than last. And then, like, well, why was he doing so shit the, last, the previous month? So, yeah, I think he's a a, a better. Is he? Indians have a lot of prospects like this, but is he the, like a better fielder than a hitter? Or I think, I think guy? whenever I see he talks about him, it's always more about his his bat to ball and his contact than his fielding. Okay, but I, I think he's a relatively competent fielder. But when I when I hear about him, his his his, his contact and his hit tool that's a little more his calling card. Yeah, I knew he had decent hit tool, but it's one of those guys that was was like, will the power translate enough for it to be? relevant in the major leagues to be yeah. an everyday guy so or does he just end up like another andres jimenez or uh right, uh, right. Who, who's the other guy ahmed rosario yeah now exactly. that rosario wasn't a, a cleveland prospect but they were tra- he and jimenez were traded for each other i believe and that guy's kind of similar enough profiles of guys who can run a little bit we have decent contact but don't really have power yep all right I think that does it for the trades. Yeah, well, I appreciate you stick on a few extra minutes to kind of give a, a better, more educated opinion than whatever I could do those trades. So, anytime I can educate you, I'll be happy to do so. Hey, when it comes to baseball prospects, it's there's plenty of room for that. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. Well, thank you for for joining me. Another uh, long one, as it seems to always be with you. Uh, hopefully, that is good news for the listeners here and. I will uh, be reaching out here as we uh, get closer to the the draft signing deadline and we can kind of prepare for that next long episode. Sounds good. All right. Have a great night. All right. You too. All right. Well, let's get right into baseball then. I kind of alluded to uh, me having to talk about the uh, trades here in baseball. So I'll kind of give my own little input here after we already asked Ping for them. Uh, the first one up on here is Herman Marquez for cash. I mean, that just that needed to be done. Alex needed to absolutely get rid of Marquez. He was very bad this year and had been particularly bad for quite a while leading up to this. So it was just it was it was time to move on for sure. Uh, the next trade was mine, sending pick 108 or 1.08 rather, and Brian Rocchio for Kyle Wright. As I kind of mentioned, Rocchio had maybe not been hitting as well as I expected him to so far on the year so like i'm not completely off of him but like i felt a little more comfortable dealing him especially since middle infield wise i'm already i don't want to say set in terms of prospects but between guys like lawler and watson mauricio gonzalez like i've got enough names up the middle that you gotta hope you gotta imagine rather that like one maybe even two will turn out to be worthwhile hopefully more than that but you know, just trying to play the odds here. Uh, Kyle Wright, you can see tangible adjustments in his his game and his approach. 
between previous years and this year's. So I've got reason to believe that he'll be relatively successful. I don't think he's going to be what he was to start the year, but I think I think he has the the prospect pedigree and the ability to be at the top 30 arm or so. I mean, I think he's settled right now into the high 20s. So even with a little bit more regression there, he can still be a top top 30, maybe even top 40 at worst, maybe, uh, starting pitcher. So more than happy to, to move out of 1.08 in exchange for even more pitching. Because I said you cannot have too much pitching. And if anything, I'm kind of just doubling down on the one thing that my team is actually good at and hoping that can do enough to get me into the playoffs, maybe win a round or two. <laughs> uh, we'll see about that. And lastly, we had uh, Brennan Davis, Soderstrom, and a fifth rounder for Clevenger, Patino, and a boatload of cash. Uh, pretty similar to what Ping was going to say. Clevenger's a pretty good starting pitcher, but I think there's enough injury risk around him to maybe not be too enthused by it, but for a team in Mike's situation... I think it's a pretty good acquisition. Uh, he just really likes trading with Keefe, apparently. Um, <laughs> I mean, he's traded so many players and so many prospects to Keefe, and Keefe just continues to load up. Uh, Patino, I, I, former top prospect, I've, you know, I don't want to say soured on him, but he's been out of the spotlight now for a little while, and I, you know, he's fallen off the radar in some regard. But... There's still something there, perhaps, and who knows? Maybe Nathan is as interested as he says he is. Uh, Mike can flip him for something else. On Keith's side, Brennan Davis, very toolsy prospect. I liked him. I mean, that's why I had, let's see, I think I inherited him. You know, I can always just check, I guess, but I hate leaving dead air for you guys. But while I check on that, I mean, he's got all the tools. He can hit the ball a long way. He can run pretty well. Pretty decent bat-to-ball skills, if we're being honest. I mean, everything there seems like he should be a good hitter. But, as uh, Ping kind of mentioned, there is some, perhaps, uh, worry, I guess. I don't know if worry is the right word, but perhaps some chance there that uh, he could be a bit of a Joe Adele type. Okay, so I, I did inherit Brandon Davis. But there is still a bit kind of that has to go right for Davis, that maybe he's not quite a, a guarantee, but I think there will be a pretty solid player in there. And I think even despite the back injury and surgery, that uh, it should be a pretty pretty decent deal for both sides. Mike gets what he needs. Keith just adds more players to his system. I mean, he's going to run away with the, the farm system ranks for this year when Ping and I do the next one, and then honestly probably even up two or three more years after this. Uh, and then I do like uh, Soderstrom, too. He's definitely a bat-first guy, and it seems like he, his future might be at first base. The Athletics have a Matt Olsen-sized hole at first base for the future, so maybe Soderstrom gets some play there. I think that would be a really good, uh, really good fit for him and for the A's in general. Speaking of Mike, we go into the recaps here where he's the first one up on my list here. And he beat Alex 7-4-1. to four to one. The reigning champions, the Fargo Frostbite, are continuing to just absolutely struggle this year relative to expectations. And this will be the second in the last three or so weeks, maybe four weeks, where they've kind of been spanked by what seems to be superior teams here. I mean, the Walleye did it. 
Valley Joe Ben has done it. It's starting to lose its luster uh, to beat, beat a team like Alex. You know, you think beating the reigning champion would be a lot of fun, but when everybody's kind of doing it, you know, it's it's not as cool anymore. Uh, we got uh, Mike here with three runs, two homers, seven ribbies, and two steals from Mookie Betts. Semyon kind of waking up a little bit with seven runs, two homers, two ribbies, two steals. Wilson Contreras having himself a week. Eight runs, three homers, seven ribbies, and a steal. 367 average and a 1-2-3-3 OPS. Who needs Tyler Stevenson, right? Right? <clears throat> three steals from Jazz. Four runs, three homers, five ribbies from Vlad. Garrett Wicklock with a quality start, one six, scoreless. Uh, Luis Castillo with 12 and a third innings. 16 Ks, two quality starts, a 2-1-9 ERA, a 1-1-4 whip. Uh, seven runs, or Jesus... Seven innings, three Ks, a quality start, a one two nine ERA, and a .71 whip for Dakota Hudson. On Alex's side, Frankie Lindor uh, had a slight fracture in his finger after slamming it in a hotel door, but still managed to put up two runs, a homer, seven RBI, and a steal. Uh, we've got eight runs, three homers, eight ribbies, a three fifty five average, and a one one eight six OPS from Austin Riley. Uh, six runs, two homers, eight ribbies, and a 364 average of the 1172 OPS from Eugenio Suarez. Kyle Schwarber with seven runs, four homers, five ribbies, and a 1373 OPS. Pitching wise, Zach Wheeler with six innings, nine Ks, a quality start, and a three flat ERA. Uh, Max Fried going eight innings, four Ks, a quality start, a zero ERA, a .38 whip, and a 4.0 K walk. And lastly, Martin Perez, en route to serious American League Cy Young consideration already. Uh, 13 innings, 12 Ks, 2 quality starts, a 138 ERA, a .92 whip, and a 6 flat K walk. Second matchup here is he's Paolo taking down Keefe, 9-3. Paolo, driven by the Yankees, with 6 runs, 3 homers, 5 ribbies, and a 348 average, 1168 OPS from Judge. LeMahieu with six RBIs. Rizzo with four runs, two homers, seven ribbies, and a steal. Uh, we've got uh, Luis Severino with seven innings, 10 Ks, a quality start, a zero ERA, a .29 whip, and a 10 K walk. Uh, lastly, we do have a five-run, two-homer, six RBI, and two-steal performance from Patrick Wisdom in the non-Yankees uh, for pitching. Were Aaron Ashby with 21 strikeouts and a 10.5 K walk ratio, picking up a quality start along the way. Second start didn't go too well, but he had enough counting stats there to make it worth my while to include him. Good to see Ashby playing well. Uh, Shamanaya with six innings, eight Ks, a quality start, a 1.5 ERA, a 1.17 whip, and a 4.0 K walk. Uh, on Keith's side, six uh, six runs, two homers, six ribbies for Wilmer Flores. Five runs, three homers, five ribbies for Lane uh, Championship Experience Thomas. Seven innings, seven strikeouts, a quality start, a zero ERA, and a 1.0 whip for Nasty Nestor, uh, the Moluster Cortez, as uh, Jim Cat wanted to say. Seven innings, eight Ks, and a quality start with a zero ERA and a 0.71 whip with a 4K walk for Sandy Alcantara. Uh, Pablo Lopez with 13 innings, 11 strikeouts, a quality start, a 2.77 ERA, and a 1.0 whip. Uh, the next matchup here sees the first of two 6-6 ties on the week. This one between Nut and Ping. Five runs and five ribbies with a 4.71 average and a 1.324 OPS for Garrett Hampson. Owen Miller with five runs and five ribbies, two steals for Lux. 
four runs, three homers, about five ribbies for Soto, six runs, three homers, eight ribbies for Marte, two runs, two homers, 11 RBI for Matt Olson. Uh, Pitching-wise for Nutt, Shane Bieber going seven innings, 11 strikeouts, quality start, 257 ERA, .71 whip, and a 5.5K walk. Uh, John Gray with seven innings, 12 strikeouts, a quality start, 129 ERA, .71 whip, and a 6K walk. And lastly, Zach Plesak, spoiler alert, we'll be hearing more about him later, with 12 innings, 13 K's, two quality starts, 225 ERA, 0.75 whip, and an infinite K walk. On ping side, two steals from Tyro Estrada, nine innings, or my goodness, nine runs, two homers, six ribbies, and a 346 average, 1203 OPS from Trey Mancini, three runs, three homers, seven ribbies, and two steals from the aforementioned Adelis Garcia that ping talked about. Seven runs, a homer, five ribbies, and a steal with a 400 average and a 1204 OPS from Teoscar Hernandez. Eight runs and four steals from Tommy Edmond. Uh, Jose Barrios bouncing back a little bit with seven innings, 13 strikeouts, quality start, 257 ERA, 0.71 whip, and a 6.5 K walk. Uh, Frankie Montas uh, with 13 innings, 12 Ks, two quality starts at 208 ERA. 1.08 whip and a 12k walk and then lastly Avaldi anderson and junits i'm going to lump in here each of them required recorded a quality start only one earned run between them in 18 innings and 21 strikeouts very good weeks for all three of those guys uh chris and nathan also tied six to six chris with four runs two homers four ribbies and a steal for brian reynolds six runs two homers five ribbies and a steal for joe ram Seven runs, four homers, and eight ribbies for Alonso. Dansby picking out seven runs and a steal. Uh, Logan Gilbert continuing to pitch well for Chris with six innings, seven Ks, a quality start, a 1.5 ERA, a 1.0 whip, and a 7.0 K to walk ratio. Zach Gallon with 11 and two-thirds innings, 10 Ks, a quality start, a 3.09 ERA. And then Blake Snell with six innings, six strikeouts, a quality start, a 3 ERA and a .83 whip. On Nathan's side, Jace Peterson, one of the guys he called out last week th- or in a positive way, of course. Uh, three inning, three runs, a home run, five ribbies and two steals. Randy Arena with three runs, two homers, five ribbies and three steals. Captain Kirk with six runs, four homers and seven ribbies. Uh, Jimenez with five runs, three homers, nine ribbies, a steal, a 444 average, and a 1474 OPS. Uh, Trey Turner with five runs, two homers, five ribbies, and a steal. Dane Dunning with seven innings, seven Ks, a quality start, 257 ERA, .43 whip, and an infinite K walk. And Zach Eflin with eight innings, six Ks, a quality start, zero ERA, .75 whip, and a six K walk. Got Barry beating down Tom, 10 to 1 to 1. Barry with six innings, eight Ks, a quality start, three ERA, 1.0 whip, infinite K walk for Shane McClanahan. Six innings, five Ks, a quality start, a zero ERA for the departing Shane Wright. Kyle Wright, I got hockey in my brain apparently going Shane Wright there. Uh, Shane Wright will not uh, be a part of Barry's team, assuming there's no trade there. Uh, We've got seven innings. 2Ks, a quality start, 257 ERA and a .71 whip from Garcia. Eight 
runs, four homers, eight ribbies, a 565 batting average, goodness gracious, and a 1857 OPS from Jordan Alvarez. Seven runs, three ribbies, and two steals from Morel. Uh, ten runs, four homers, seven ribbies, a 345 OPS, or batting average, sorry, and a 1252 OPS from Brendan Rodgers. On Tom's side, seven and two-thirds innings, six Ks, quality start, zero ERA, and a .65 whip from Zach Davies. Uh, 11 innings, 8 Ks, a quality start, 2-4-5 ERA from Glenn Otto. Uh, 7 runs, 3 homers, 5 ribbies from Ryan Mountcastle. 4 runs, 3 homers, 5 ribbies, a 400 average, and a 1-8-0-0 OPS from Matt Carpenter, of all people. And the last one was Josh beating yours truly, 7-5, in a close one that really came down to the last day. The last game, the last inning of the last game, actually, as it was Harrison Bader making it out in the final half inning for the Cardinals that dropped my OPS just low enough to lose the tie. Uh, Josh, for his doing, got seven innings, five Ks, a quality start, a one two nine ERA, .71 whip, and a 5K walk from Ashcraft. Pretty good streamer there. Uh, 10 innings, 10 Ks, quality start, 2-7 ERA for Erica Lauer. 15 innings, 12 Ks, two quality starts, a 1-8 ERA, and a .8 whip from Framber Valdez. Seven innings, nine Ks, a quality start, zero ERA, .29 whip, and an infinite K walk for Garrett Cole. And then it was Josh's Cardinal corner infield duo, Paul Goldschmidt, going 10 runs, two homers, and seven ribbies. Nolan Arenado with five runs, a homer, and seven ribbies. On my side, seven innings, six Ks, a quality start, zero ERA, .43 whip, and a six K walk for Tarek Skubal. Uh, eight Ks, or eight innings, six Ks, a quality start, zero ERA, and a .5 whip for Joe Musgrove. 13 in the third with uh, nine innings, or nine Ks, two quality starts, a two zero three ERA, .83 whip, and a four five K walk from Jordan Montgomery. Uh, 14 innings, 10 Ks, two quality starts, one two nine uh, ERA, 1.0 whip for Adam Wainwright. Four runs, two homers, seven RBIs for Joey Votto. Five runs, three homers, six RBIs for Gary Sanchez. Seven runs, a homer, three ribbies, and a steal with a 3.44 average for Harrison Bader. Jonathan Scope driving in seven. Cronenworth with three runs, two homers, and seven ribbies. And lastly, Bryce Harper with five runs, three homers, eight ribbies, and a 1-3-2-4 OPS. Now, before I move on here, I do think I forgot something from my matchup here. I want to double-check that the... Yeah, it had to have been on this magic period. So I did forget to call a guy out here, and I really want to to do that on my team because I think he was particularly good uh, this week. Yeah, it is, yeah. Jamison Tyon. Tyon. Uh, eight innings, five Ks, a quality start, a one one three ERA, a .25 weapon, infinite K walk. Took a uh, perfect game into the eighth inning. Uh, had a hell of a start. And then we can move on now to the categories. Mike with 59 runs and 17 homers. Ronnie and Nutt with 58 RBIs apiece. Ping with 13 steals. Nathan sweeping the uh, ratios with a 2898 batting average and an 8554 OPS. Pitching-wise, Josh with 103 strikeouts. Ronnie and Ping with eight quality starts. Ronnie with a 2-3-4-3 ERA. Ronnie with a 1-0-0-4 whip. Nutt with a 5-8-4-6 K-to-walk ratio. And Chris with eight save holds. 
uh, Barry's stars of the week. Jordan Alvarez and Brendan Rodgers for Barry offensively. Wilson Contreras for Mike. Andres Jimenez and Alejandro Kurt for Nathan. Starting pitchers, Zach Plesak for Nutt, Aaron Ashby for Paolo, Martin Perez for Alex, Frankie Montas for Ping, Garrett Cole for Josh. Relievers, Emmanuel Classe for Josh, Josh Hader for Ping, David Robertson for Mike, Daniel Hudson for Josh, Gregory Soto for Keith. And Alex's Players of the Week were the same as Barry's, Jordan Alvarez, Zach Plesak, and Emmanuel Classe. Uh, we can go now to the standings real quick. We do have some movement there. And as we referenced earlier in the pod, uh, yours truly did drop from second place, unfortunately. Still in the playoffs, still ahead of Chris and Alex, but Josh is still out in front. He is 13 games up now on Mike. For all the crap I gave Mike to start the year, he is currently sitting in second place. Good job, Mike. Way to prove me wrong. Ping in third place, 13 and a half games back. Tied with Paolo in fourth in terms of games back. Uh, yours truly in fifth, 14 and a half games back. Alex in 6th, 15.5 back. Chris in 7th, 19.5 back. Uh, Nuts and Barry in 8th and 9th, respectively, both 20.5 games back. Nathan in 10th, 24.5 games back. And then Keith and Tom, 37.5 and 41.5 games back, respectively. Uh, Matchup here, we have got 5th place, me, and 10th place, Nathan. 1st place, Josh, and 9th place, Barry. Third place, Ping, and 12th place, Tom. That could be a real blowout. Fourth, 11th place, Keith, and 7th place, Chris. Sixth place, Alex, and 8th place, Nut. Second place, Ping, er, Mike, and 4th place, Paolo. Um, I did do a roto table here real quick, so we can scroll back to that, and I will uh, give a brief synopsis of how the roto table looks after eight weeks, or eight matchups, rather. We did it after four matchups. I did it again after eight, and I'll keep doing it, 12 and 16, and then the end of the season. Uh, the overall roto table, Alex with 109, Mike and Ping with 102, Josh at 99, Nut 95, Ronnie 89, Nathan 79, Chris 69, nice. Paolo 67, Keith 55, Barry 50, Tom 20. Tom, no higher than third worst in any category, and it's batting average and home runs that he is third worst in. Everything else, he is worst or second worst. Offensively, it's Mike with 61, Nathan 59, Josh 57, Alex 47, Ping 45, Nut 44, Paolo 37, Chris 35, Ronnie and Keith 26, Barry 19, and Tom 12. Uh, Pitching, we got yours truly, 63, Alex 62, Ping 57, Nut 51, Josh 42, Mike 41, Chris 34, Barry 31, Paolo 30, Keith 29, Nathan 20, Tom with 8. Yikes. All right, and we can move on now to WNBA. This will be how we wrap up the pod this week. We had Ronnie beating Josh, getting revenge from baseball, uh, 761 to 665. Diana Taurasi with 107. Dewana Bonner with 132. This is for Josh now. And Courtney Williams with 105. We had the, the, the two clear best teams here face off with Chris and Alex. Chris winning that one, 1,039 to 1,007. My goodness. 
uh, Eliza Thomas with 167, John Quell Jones with 163, Sabrina Ionesky with 137, uh, Kelsey Plum with 143, Natasha Cloud with 106, Arike Ogumbawale with 102. And the last matchup here was Murph taken down Barry by a score of 820 to 516. Uh, each team only had one player over 100 this week. That would be Brianna Jones for Murph and uh, Natasha Howard for Barry. Jones 110, Howard with 105 points. And the standings now. Unsurprisingly, Chris at 4-0 moves into first place with a 98% playoff odd. Uh, Alex, 3-1 in second place with 87% odds. The Walleye in third at 2-2 two two with a 67% chance. Murph in fourth, also 2-2 two two with an 85% chance. Josh in fifth at 1-3 with a 41% chance. And Barry in dead last, 0-4 with a 23% chance. Looking at the matchups for this week now, we've got third place Ronnie and fourth place Murph. First place Chris and sixth place Barry. That one might get ugly. And fifth place Josh and second place Alex. And that should do it all for this week. Thank you very much again for Ping uh, coming on and always being a good interview. He has got a, a good way of giving me a hard time every single time he's on. So I really hope that helps make for a more pleasurable listening experience for all of you compared to listening to me just rabble on for far too long on far too many occasions each and every week. So thank you all for listening. Um, Yeah, that's all. I will catch you guys next time.